Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 323. We're talking about the need for gender-neutral restrooms in the restaurant industry. This is Workplaces Worth Working, Episode 10. You know that is such a fundamental goal of ours to create uh, business models and an industry that's equitable, profitable, and sustainable. And historically, we struggle with this. We have a lot, a lot of work to do. It was said very well to me, and I think it's it's interesting and important for us that that a, a restroom, if it has a door and hinges and closes behind you, then it is a gender-neutral restroom. It should and is. And so I, I believe that it is far past due that we adopt this idea. So much of restaurant culture is so heavily and rigidly gendered from uh, from our greetings and our obligatory use of language and pronouns from our uniforms and restrooms play a huge part in that. So it's something that this month we wanted to really focus on, bring some attention to. You'll see content in multiple fashions from video casts to audio to clubhouse to TikTok videos where we're going to be discussing this, unpacking it because there's a lot uh, going on here that uh, we need to address and bring to the forefront. We're going to be talking to Kai Walsh from the Queer Umbrella, somebody who's been leading a, us a lot in our content output for Pride Month here in 2021, as well as Joe and Rach from As You Are Bar out in D.C. So with no further ado, I want to bring Kai in. Kai, good to see you. Hey, good to see you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Again, you, you've been uh, a true inspiration to us, pushing us, challenging us at Best Served and the industry at large. We have to do better. We have to be better. So I want you to just uh, introduce the Queer Umbrella, a little bit of the work that you're doing, and then kind of set the tone at a high level, set the table for us on what's happening for the queer community, the LGBTQIA plus community when it comes to gendered bathrooms. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Kai Walsh. I go by pronouns uh, they, them. I'm trans mass non-binary and I'm a social entrepreneur and the founder of The Queer Umbrella. And so essentially The Queer Umbrella is an organization that aims to grow and connect LGBTQ leaders and um, really just foster more inclusive and diverse uh, you know, business practices and policies and really just making the workplace a better place for um, the queer community. And so I think that this, um, yeah, this, this conversation is super important, um, you know, especially in kind of the climate across the U.S. So in 2021, um, you know, we saw over 135 anti-trans bills introduced across the country and, um, and you know, it, it, it definitely takes its toll on the queer community. And so, you know, I think it's really important to kind of think about, you know, why are we doing the things that we're doing the way that, you know, we have gendered bathrooms. It's definitely a form of segregating, right, through gender. And um, yeah, I think a lot of the arguments are kind of invalid. And so I'm excited to just kind of talk about that and raise some awareness um, 
you know, especially as a trans person with my own experience, I think um, bathroom usage is something that really affects me every day. And I know it affects a lot of other people. And so, yeah, I think it's an important conversation to be having. I appreciate it. I like the symbolism of you being in front of a nondescript door. Uh, I don't know if you planned that or not. That may or may not be my strong. closet. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I am out. Yeah. The symbolism is even stronger. I, I appreciate exactly. that. You challenged uh, me as well because there's an interesting dynamic. I mentioned how gendered restaurants uh, typically are. There's an interesting thing, though, because real estate is such a uh, such a hot commodity within our industry. There's a lot of uh, non-gendered, now I, I don't say gender neutral, non-gendered restrooms because they only have one restroom. And so they weren't doing it thoughtfully. They were doing out of scarcity and necessity and we have to shift the mindset. So I wanna like set the tone for that a little bit. You mentioned 135 bills. I wanna bring in Joe and Rach now, who are out in DC. Uh, Joe, Rach, good to see both of you. I appreciate both of the flags you have. The symbolism is strong today. I appreciate that. Uh, a lot happening in DC, like we are recording this and then you are out the door to go support your community. Uh, before we get into kind of some of what's happening in the gender neutral bathrooms and restrooms, just let people know a little bit, as you are bar, what's it all about? What's the community that you're of service to? Awesome, um, so I'm Jo, uh, I use she, her pronouns, and as you are bar is uh, about everyone, uh, and by that I mean uh, everyone who's poor, everyone who doesn't drink, everyone who's not old enough to go to safe spaces. Um, it's about inclusivity and it's about, for us, we're building it with the community, which means we don't know everything. So we're reaching out uh, and getting feedback, which plays really well into what you're talking about because I sit in the privilege of being femme and fairly passing uh, in my queerness. And so, to talk about gender neutral restrooms, or uh, I actually really like non-gendered. That's great. I'm gonna definitely start using that. But to use those that language and to think about that is me stepping away from my privilege and recognizing if I'm gonna be a leader or uh, run a space that I want to call safe and inclusive that includes keeping these kind of things at the forefront of my mind. I also happen to partner with somebody who is masculine presenting, and yeah. So I'm Rach, and uh, I, am, I, I use she, they pronouns. I am genderqueer, um, which is a new revelation for me per a conversation with a non-binary human in a restroom. <laughs> um, so uh, More symbolism. It is, it is rich today. I, <laughs> I yeah, appreciate uh, that. As a storyteller, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've had a lot of terrible experiences with restrooms. I think um, like Joe said, as far as as you are bar is concerned, uh, we know we don't know everything uh, and we really want to make sure we're getting the voices and meeting the needs of everybody in the communities that are the LGBTQI community and the, the intersectional marginalization that happens within our community and in the ways that we don't live and can't understand. Uh, so that's a priority for our bar. I appreciate that. And, you know, we're, we're all learning and this is such a exploratory process as somebody who has has been the chef of the toxic cultured restaurant has been the owner who didn't understand the responsibility and accountability that i actually had has has been culpable in so many things that a lot of my job is to tell myself and to find people who are actually thinkers who are creating new and safe spaces because just even yesterday kai and i were on a clubhouse and we we're talking about dei inclusivity in the workplace and ajela abdullah an amazing queer 
uh, cheese maker and, and, and cheese lover in Chicago said, I'm actually thinking a lot about DEII and that intersectionality being another layer where she, she often felt other because she was black first and then queer second or right and so there's this dynamic so now we're shifting our language and expectation and so i appreciate that uh, i mentioned the tone and and to be very kind of breaking news with what's happening today you mentioned you're running out the door to go support your community in dc uh tell everyone what's happening for anybody who who may not be aware and, and more the impact that it's having on you specifically, because I'm sure they can watch CNN and find out what's happening. But for you and your community, what's going on? Sure. So uh, we have a local long-standing gay bar called Nelly's Sports Bar. Uh, has many accolades over the years, very nationally known. Um, I actually used to be sec work security there for for a time, left because of the, is the issues that they're having now or were arising, and I couldn't be a part of it. Um, so uh, recently they had, like, what was that, Saturday, they had a security guard drag a black AFAB human down their stairs by her hair um, because they had suspected her of having a bottle, an outside bottle in the bar. Um, inappropriate on all counts forever, no matter what bottle or not. Turns out it was a mistaken identity, which is more microaggressions. Uh, it wasn't actually even her that had brought the bottle. Uh, and if you had a bottle in the bar, it's no reason to get dragged out. There are very few reasons anybody should ever be dragged out of a bar. Uh, and the obviously the community is upset um, and protesting. We have a, a gentleman named Pre Preston Mitchum in our community that is amazing. Of course, he does correspondence to the lawyer for, uh, but he does correspondence for a lot of news stations. Uh, kind of leading the protest. He has actually for years been boycotting Nellie's, and so he's already ready for all of this. Uh, so, yeah, so ultimately the whole community, uh, the line has basically been drawn, and so I think in right, COVID right. we all learned where we were spending our money a little bit better, uh, and so we feel the responsibility as owners to speak out and speak up, and we um, are always going to show our faces and lend our voices and signal boost as we can. And I think it's important, right, to, but DC as a whole, that's, this is what everyone is talking about. I think it's also important to note that as queer bar owners, this is already a marginalized community. So we do like to stick together and support each other. And it's part of that. And I, I often say one of the most loving things we can do is hold each other accountable. And part of that is, absolutely holding them accountable for their continued uh, challenges with around racism and anti-blackness. Um, and so there's been a lot of questions, are gay bar, are the other gay bars in the city going to say something and speak up uh, and, and kind of denounce this and separate themselves from this kind of behavior? And so I think we're starting to see if that's going to happen. Uh, we just issued our statement moments ago because we've been working diligently the last two days. Uh, and I, I think that that's just important to note. It, even in marginalized communities, we have to call these things to, into question. We have to challenge these places. If they refuse to change, we have to say, look, we separate ourselves from that and we're, you know, that's, that's not us. That's not how we're going to support and love and live in this community. Yeah, I could really appreciate that. So, uh, Kai, I want to come to you for a moment and then I want to talk about 
Joe and Rach, as soon as you run out the door, go to the bar and, and start, you know, supporting the community in the way that you do. I want to talk about what the expectation is with your restrooms, because you have restrooms there and how you've approached that. I'd love to learn from that. You mentioned something that Kai, I want to bring to you is where we choose to spend our dollars. And Kai brought up some numbers to, to me of the buying power, power of the queer community and how many businesses, especially in food, beverage, and hospitality, are sleeping on it and not understanding that not only are there, there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of potential uh, talent pools for restaurants that are now ha seeing a labor shortage, big air quotes, right? Culture shortage is what they're seeing manifesting as labor. Uh, the dollar amounts. Kai, break that down a little bit. You, you mentioned some numbers that were just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the buying power, the global buying power of uh, the queer community, right, is $3.7 trillion, right? And so also, you know, I think that's the important thing to say is like, this is not a call to action for all food and beverage industry people to just, you know, start capitalizing on this incredibly powerful consumer segment. Like, no, this is definitely a time where if you market to us, we need to be involved, you know, not about us without us, right? We need to be in decision making like positions of power. Um, you know, we need to be fairly compensated. Like there's there's so much more. The expectations are so much higher in 2021, which rightfully so, because what a excuse my language, but what a shit show of the last two years, right? And Absolutely. especially for um, queer community already isolated, um, you know, already isolated. And then on top of that, the impacts of COVID and what it's like to be in a, in a house where you can't express yourself the way you want to because of your family or, you know, fear of getting kicked out, the homeless um, kids, they're 120% more likely to um, experience homelessness, um, LGBTQ uh, youth, right? right? And yeah, so I guess, um, you know, when we're just talking about like, um, sorry, I did go on a bit of a tangent. Do you want to hey, bring me back I, really quick? I, I feel you. Look, yeah, Kai, here, here's, here's yeah. what I want to say. You don't just get to sell the fucking pride t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. need to actually invest time, effort, thoughts into this. You need to actually cultivate community, not use it as a buzzword that you put on the wall and graffiti to look cool. Right. Exactly. And that takes work. Yeah. It's hard. And again, you have to recognize some of your own culpability. The facade is getting burned down from our industry. And if a place like gender neutral, non gendered, I'm going with that too, Joe, non gendered uh, restrooms is a place that you can thoughtfully start that conversation, start that conversation of, of gendered uniforms, I think is another big place and of language. Mm -hmm. You start there and you prove and start to prove to yourself, your your team, your community, your business, your industry, and the queer community that you actually give a shit. Then you have a chance mm -hmm. to start to cultivate internally and externally guests that can amplify your message, amplify your business. So I, so I really want to make sure, yeah. throw down the gauntlet, this is not selling the t-shirt and giving 20% of it to the queer organization that you Googled last week. Not I happening. mean, it's, it's, I tell straight people often who are interested in allyship, I'm like, listen, putting your pronouns in your email address and your email signature, that's a small thing. Game changer. But that's going to start oh, yeah. conversations. And, and I offer 
we offer ourselves as resources, particularly in our anti-racist work to white people, because stop asking your black friends to do emotional labor for you. You carry a computer in your pocket. And if you're not comfortable like Googling things, if I don't know, I can help you find out, right? Like, and I think that pronoun usage in my cisness and that privilege for me, putting my my pronouns even in my day job email, making sure that signature has that, so it starts those starts answering those questions. Because when people roll their eyes when you ask their pronouns, they're like, oh, I'm like, no, 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 this is this is why this is a problem. And it's also, I mean, the the people that get asked their pronouns and the 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 humans that are trying to do better when they ask pronouns initially, they're asking the people that they have questions about their gender, right? They're not asking the person that appears femme and afab, who could also be non-binary or or use he and pronouns or, or whatever, then that we're not really doing it. We should be asking everybody because we don't know what non-binary people dress like, look like. We don't know what men, what are men supposed to look like? What are women supposed to look like? So I think that when people like Joe, people that that pass, that are cis and identify as they express, start doing that and normalizing that conversation, it's just a game changer and it takes a lot of the burden off, you know, Kai, I, I feel like we can relate off of us. Yeah. Yeah, no, seriously. And and bringing it back, you know, just a little bit to kind of, yeah, uh, you know, pronoun usage in, in the service industry, like as a consumer, right, it's definitely something that that gets a little dicey, like every time it's kind of a toss up and nobody's like, hey, what are your pronouns? You know, like you have short hair, you've got a little bit of an androgynous feel, you know, like literally just asking and and it's so beneficial and especially for queer customers who come like every time i remember every time that someone who was serving me like asked me hey by the way what are your pronouns you know and it's an incredible feeling and it's a feeling of euphoria it's like i feel seen and that's something that we haven't had for our entire lives right and so then you know especially it gets tricky when you misgender someone and then you have to go to the bathroom right and especially mm -hmm. if they have gendered bathrooms and so a big thing that i i think is going to be interesting a little background on this in denver in 2016 they passed this um this like law regulation that um if you had a single use like single occupancy uh restroom facility then um, you had to change the signage to gender neutral, right? And I think that was an incredible step for Denver, and especially given um, you know our history and like one of the worst bills that we've seen in North Carolina, the House Bill Two, um, you know, enforcing that people. This was in um, twenty sixteen and enforcing people to use the restroom of uh, that corresponds with the gender they were assigned at birth, right? And so how are you gonna check that, right? Because gender is gender expression. And I remember, I remember having so much anxiety about this, right? Because it's like, well, I've, I've traditionally used the women's restroom and you know, sometimes if I get misgendered, the men's restroom, and it's just this weird toss up. It's really hard to decide, like, where will I be most safe? Right. And um, I don't know. And, and I think gotta, that's and yeah. just gotta go to the bathroom. That's like, yeah, natural. it's a human necessity. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that's going to be our next big thing is like 
what the QU is working on, the queer umbrella, um, we're working on um, essentially transforming multi-stall restrooms into gender neutral, right? Because if you think about it, right, there's, it, it, I, I won't go on too much of a tangent there, but uh, you know, if privacy is your argument, come on. Like well, look, bathroom design drop has a lot of us. links and resources. We're big on links and resources, yeah. but the, the house bill too, let's make sure Sophie will drop that in because I think people need to be aware I think people saw it at a distance, but so many people glazed over and said, oh, North Carolina is, is you know, doing, doing Confederate white people stuff. And it was like, okay, uh, yeah. but here, I want to, we got to get you out of here, Joe and Rach. Rapid fire, non-gendered, gender neutral restrooms for people in the hospitality industries, owners, operators, managers, throw at us. What do we need to be doing? What do we need to be thinking about? What do we need to be shifting in our mindset, our approach, our policies? Rapid fire, hit us with everything. I'm going to mostly, mostly let Rach answer this, but one Please. thing I want to say is we have to stop othering off the binary humans. Like the um, for a while, there were jokey signs that it was like uh, the stereotypical, the, the rectangles, the triangle, and then like an alien, like we don't care, just wash your hands. I understand that there's some good intention there, but the gotcha. impact is you are other, you are an alien, and that's not funny. That's funny to privileged people. So we like, there are urinals in this restroom. There are stalls in this restaurant, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm big on being impeccable. I think transparency and being impeccable is awesome. And I think it lands really well. And I think it's actually kind of sexy. And so when <laughs> you have a restroom and you're like, urinals, stalls, toilets, standing, seated. I, it, we know exactly what's going on in there, right? It's clear what the intention of the use of this space is. Uh, so, so yeah, one of the places that we uh, think would really like to model our setup after is Busboys and Poets. It's a local restaurant here in DC. They do a great job. They have stalls. It's an it's not even a door. It's just an open gap in the wall. You walk in, there's stalls for everybody, and then there's a big long sink, and everybody's just in there. The open gap is nice for the people that are probably struggling with this shift because then they don't feel like the doors closed behind them, and they might be in there with somebody that's not exactly like mm -hmm. them. Um, so it's kind of a, an easy first step, I think, for people that are uncomfortable with that. Um, so that's kind of how we're going to be modeling our restrooms in our location. Um, I saw doors there. It's key to note, go all the way to the floor. Yeah. They're like actual yep. closed room. Yeah. So it's like you're in a little, yeah, a little single use. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, Joe kind of hit on this. It's, this is a, a necessity. Like people have to go to the bathroom. This is not, this is a human, this is a survival thing. This is a physical body wellness thing. Um, in my experience, uh, when I got a little older and got let go of some of my shame around my gender expression, because there was tons of that, I felt like I was the problem and I was wrong for a long time. Um, I realized in telling people, oh, yeah, like going to the bathroom is a pain. I, I had a four hour drive from college to home and I knew exactly what gas station to go to because I'd go in, they'd give me a key, whichever one they handed me, that's the restroom I used. I knew and I never strayed from that, I only went those places because I was scared, I was alone, I was terrified of what would happen. And when I've shared those stories with people and I have several, um, they're shocked. People that don't have that experience, they're shocked. They're like, wait, you like have to think about going to the bathroom. I was like, yeah, when I'm going out for like an hour, I go to the bathroom before I leave so I don't have to figure out where I'm going to the bathroom. If I'm at a restaurant and, my, and somebody's head to the bathroom, I'm like, hey, 
let me know what those restrooms look like, single stall or what. She, she'll go with me a lot just so I don't have to have that conversation with somebody alone. Uh, for a long time, I would get very scared, and I think this is hopefully helpful for perspective shifts with people that have this challenge. I had to really shift my mind to realize that my presence in the women women's restroom was a gift to all that got uncomfortable with my presence in that restroom because people that use that restroom look like me. And while it was hard on my me and I had to find courage every time and I'd like literally give myself a pep talk to like stand up to these people that were gonna challenge me, when I got done, I was like, now they'll think differently when they see somebody that looks like me. And the more this happens, the more they'll change. And so my presence today was a gift, even though it took a lot of energy and courage on my behalf. And that really helped me shed some of my shame. Um, and I think for coming back to industry, and I'm 16 years in, in this industry uh, in DC, and I think we can live in an echo chamber. It's easy, uh, and I think it's really easy for people with privilege to live in that echo chamber and never consider. We literally just did a pop-up that there was two restaurants, because our brick and mortar is still in progress, so we did a pop-up, and they had two rooms, I saw the W and thought water closet because that's been a really common new way to uh, put signage on restrooms. And it, a, a trans man came up to me at the bar and was like, so I went to the men's room and it's all urinals and I'm a man who doesn't use urinals. And I was like, my privilege is that I didn't even look in the second room. Right. So you know, And all you can say is, thank you so much for holding me accountable and I'm so sorry it won't happen again. And then again. all you can do is next time we have that pop-up, we will change the signage on those doors because immediate changes in need, you know? Yeah, um, so I think for owners, it, it you have to think outside your echo chamber. Lots of people of course, are going to be like, yeah. you're doing such a great job. I'm like, well, yeah, I gave you a free entree because you're my friend and you came in to support my business. Okay, so who is not your friend? Who's not coming in and why? Like, shifting your perspective is not that hard. It's everywhere. In media, and social media, like, we have the opportunity to do better in front of us. So you have to look at it from a different perspective. If I was younger, what would this look like? If I wasn't able-bodied, what would this look like? Um, the pieces that we miss out on are the pieces that don't affect us, and that's why our, our busted-ass society is where it is, is because we're not thinking outside of our own comfort. And I, I want to throw it back to you, but I also want to say I think it's really important to say that people that have to change their language and are learning and stretching and don't want to are like, oh, it's so hard, blah, blah, it takes so much work. It takes me a ton of work to relieve myself in the restroom daily. Yeah. So you can like, put in a little work. Yes, put in some effort. Like this is not an adornment to to a, a nice night out. This is a necessity of, of human survival that we are putting in race. I'm, Rach, I'm so grateful for you for sharing that. And as somebody who hasn't had to deal with that, uh, I appreciate that now like, I need to understand. And we're, we're an industry built on asking questions. Why the fuck can't we ask more questions that and lead to better answers? Our, yeah, the people who staff our industry are like creativity lies in the margins. So our people who are working in this industry by and large, you have a, a gender non-conforming person on your staff and you don't know it because they do that work every time they use the restroom. And they're afraid yeah. to say it because it could cost them a job or respect. Of course, so yeah, yes. 
Yeah, right. the Joe, Rach, we got to get you out of here. You got work to do. Thank you. Uh, uh, appreciate both of you for the work that you're doing, for being on, for sharing with us. Uh, so important. Uh, we will stay connected for sure as, as I, our team, the industry needs to, has to learn from the two of you and so many others that are doing this important work. So appreciate you. Uh, we'll get you out of here. Kai, hang up, hang on for a minute. We'll wrap this episode, but uh, two of you get out of here. Appreciate you. That for your emotional labor, your work with uh, your organization, we're going to connect. Absolutely. Yeah, we got to meet you guys. All right. Thank you so much, y'all. See, yeah. See ya. Happy Fred. All right. And uh, nice. shout out to Erica Rose and the team at the Lesbian Bar Project who connected us, who, uh, as you are, is featured in the work that they do. So we'll make sure that that's linked up as well. Kai, I mean, this is, this is such important uh, uh, work that's happening. It's not happening enough places. It's not happening fast enough, but there's just, there's this inkling that there's, there's shifting tides yet. It feels like every time there's movement forward, there's 135 bills that are trying to oppress such an important segment of our community and such like integral restaurants and bars and nightlife. They would be nothing without the queer community. Nothing. I think of so many spaces, neighborhoods, the hip, vibey areas. You know who built those those areas? It was artists. It was the people on the margins. It was the freaks and the geeks, and it was us mm. outcast chefs, and it was the queer community, and, and that's what we need to celebrate because you sure as hell like going to those areas and consuming that entertainment or, or that deliciousness. You need to put in the effort that was put to create that opportunity for you. So uh, parting thoughts, last note, this was a really powerful episode. And I'm grateful for you for pushing us and challenging mm -hmm. us to, to do better and communicate in a new way. So I, you know, I could go on literally forever. This is something forever. I'm so- and Kai, you should, and will forever. I, I absolutely will until, you know, across the US and then globally, we've figured, figured some things out. But um, I think, Honestly, I just think it's I think it's really important to look at kind of the trends and the history and the context of where we're at, right? And understand that bathrooms the, segregating and gendering bathrooms, right? It started in the Victorian era and it essentially was to separate men and women, right? And it, like men were in the public life, women were in like private domestic life, like staying in the homes. Sure. Mm. And, you know, and so I think it's really important to know that that's actually the the course that it's taken. And it's, um, I don't know, we start to think like, okay, modern day, actually the design of bathrooms in general have absolutely like let us down. And, you know, th there's a lack of privacy, um, you know, yes. The design, yeah, the design has already failed before all of this anti-trans legislation. And so, you know, the urinals, like there's there's rarely, um, you know, dividers or anything separating it. You see the stalls, there's huge gaps below yeah. and above. And so if you're saying that, you know, uh, that it, it's, it's just important to recognize why we're saying this. And it's out of fear. It's this fear of the unknown. It's you know, it's it's fear of not knowing who trans people are and having this kind of betrayal in the media that trans people, you know, it, it's perpetuated that tra trans women, especially, right, are men dressing up 
And then, it, it, you know, it, it increases the violence and the risk for trans people as they Absolutely. become more visible. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just important to know that in fact, in claiming that it's safety, it's, it's, it's barring people from actively participating in society, you know, in public spaces. And so, yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's just, I don't know, it's incredible. And I, we're gonna see so much of this because we see millennials, we see Gen Z, people are feeling safer to come out and be themselves and live authentically. And one in six Gen Z um, people, they, uh, they identify as something other than heterosexual, right? So we're gonna see, like, we're, we're getting rid of these binaries. We're like, you know, fucking with gendered norms. And um, yeah, I we're think. gonna turn it on its head. So uh, saddle Look, up and get there's, ready. There's, you there's know? a lot of like, air quotes, kids these days, you know, that they're not this, that they're not that. And you hear this and, and you've heard this for generations, generations. I, for one, in our industry specifically, as a, as a father and as, as a human at large, I am so grateful to kids these days always and forever that's what i'm working everything i'm trying to get an industry worth that my kids can be the sixth generation of of chef and restaurant tour currently we got a lot of work to do it guys i just want to say for you like you are not a trans masculine non-binary they them thought leader you are absolutely a thought leader full stop and this is what we need to pay attention to that the people right next to you the people that are part of your community are the ones that have the knowledge, the experience, good, and clearly some horribly traumatizing as well, that can guide us into a better future. We just have to pay yeah. attention. We just have to ask exactly. better questions. We just have to care and put in a little bit of effort. So I appreciate yeah. it. We got a lot of more work to do. Uh, lots no, more content. You've seen Kai all over the place. This guy is oh, somebody, yeah. again, who is leading the thinking at Best Served. Absolutely. And we appreciate you. So Kai, uh, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for the work that you're doing. And uh, we'll talk again soon, all right? Oh, thank you, Jensen. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Cheers. Have a good one. All right, everybody. That is a wrap for this episode. Powerful episode. I I'm grateful for the opportunity to uh, hold this space for such leaders and thinkers and, and people that will absolutely be what we need to evolve this industry. And as somebody who needs to to ask more questions, you know that that is what I'm driven to do uh, because I don't have answers. I just hope that I have good enough questions and find people that have the experience and are willing to put themselves out there like Joe, Rach, Kai absolutely are. So thank you to the guest. Again, Best Served Podcast 323, The Need for Gender Neutral Restrooms, Non-Gendered Restrooms, and so much more. Workplaces Worth Working, Episode 10. You know how important this series is to me. Appreciate you all. I hope that all of you have a great day. Do not have an experience where you feel uh, oppressed and labeled as other and if you notice somebody that is please reach out to them please support them they may be working right next to you that's it thank you all cheers thanks for listening to the best served podcast subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at best served podcast tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes